Hello and welcome to the Two Medic podcast. My name is Thrushkan Wardner. I'm a cardiology registrar sub-specializing in coronary intervention. And who have we got with us today? Back, that's right. It's Imran Lasker, Dr. Lasker, whatever you want to call me. I'm a consultant radiologist with a specialist interest in social media. Yeah, um, following the money. Case, what is it? Yeah, follow the money. That's literally my phrase with most things that I think about and do these days. Yeah. How you been through? What's been happening, man? I've, I'm, I'm good, got man. I'm... Show. I got kicked off my <laughs> Yeah, show. that's it. That's, I think people will be most interested in what's been going on with you. How are you? Like, where have you been? <laughs> I've been good, man. I've been pretty busy doing a bit of teleradiology. I've started to get a few messages from people. As you, I don't know if you've seen that, but a few people tagging me saying, oh, so one of your reports. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm not working that hard. Okay, maybe I'm working quite hard, which is why you're getting reports all over the place. I really enjoy radiology. I really genuinely do. I think it's, it's got its challenges because obviously you're writing reports that are catered for quite a lot of places rather than your own place. And so some people don't like the way you write something. They'll have a go at you, have a dig at you and whatever. But it's really cool to get that many cases and see so, so many interesting things and being a bit of a radiology geek, it's, it's good fun. But it hasn't been all hunky-dory, has it, Through show? I've lost a good friend of mine, which I thought may be quite a good thing to talk about. Hopefully it's not too much of a downer, but... I thought it'd be quite important to mention, for those that don't know, there was a guy called Dr. Asif Saifuddin, and he wrote the book on musculoskeletal MRI radiology. It doesn't sound all that interesting, but he genuinely wrote like the go-to book for like tumors and stuff. And he right. used to work at Royal National Orthopedic Hospital, and pretty much most tumors in the country would go through him. And he had this remarkable ability to make things very complex seem very simple in the way that he's just deduced things. But I think I was talking to you earlier in the week, like why it meant so much to me as to his passing, because we actually did become friends over the years. And he came into my life at a point where I was flunking and people just weren't being very nice to me. And I guess, I think a lot of us feel this, it's hard to find allies based on who you are, where you're from. And sometimes it's just quite nice to see someone who's from a similar background, who made it all the way to being like the best of the best. But he was remarkably humble, as if when he were talking to me, I had no, their fellow was no difference. And we used to meet for dinners and coffees and stuff like that. And he always used to ask me how I was doing. And then he started helping me do lectures. And so I learned a lot of the lecturing stuff from him and he helped kickstart my radiology seminar business that I'm doing on the background and stuff. Yeah, it was really just heartbreaking to hear of his passing and actually watch him get so ill so quickly because he only got diagnosed with a GBM, which is a glioblastoma malformer last year. And then, yeah, it just deteriorated so quickly. It's just amazing. I still can't get over the fact that he's, he's actually gone. I'm going to text me. And just wanted to say, it's amazing how much humility can take you, how far. And I've said this before, like the, one of the biggest things that will get in your way of any sort of success is actually your ego. And for this guy, he literally had no ego. At one point, I remember I called him because I needed some help with a lecture I was doing. And then he picked up and the, I asked him this question about the vertebra or something. And then I could hear some noise in the background. I was like, are you busy right now? And he goes, yeah, I'm in the middle of radiotherapy. Oh. And I thought... Okay, listen, you know what? Look, there are some points where you don't have to pick up my phone call. And this mm -hmm. is one of those situations where you just, I don't mind. And he's, no, it's all right. Don't worry about it. No, man. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think he's had a worth, a life worth, well lived from what I can tell mm -hmm. and from what people are saying, what I know from personally. So it's been a tough few days, actually. Sorry to bring it down to things, but it's no, um, not at all. Sounds like a wonderful man. Thank you for sharing him. But you can see that there are a few tes testimonies to him. On social media talking about how kind he was and stuff yeah yeah it's only when you really look back you realize hang on what because all the assets that you've got in your life you've got time which is the most valuable asset and the fact that you're just willing to give so much of it away to so many people with no real benefit what benefit do i give to this guy he's already achieved everything and got everything in terms of a professional level 
But yeah, he was always returning phone calls, helping me do papers and stuff at the time when I was remotely interested in it. He was helping me do all that stuff. So I think, think, yeah. If you could articulate lessons, because he obviously sounds like someone who you really looked up to, or lessons or ways in which it's changed you, or life lessons that you've learned from him. Can you think of, you know, I, I think I always try and get lessons from good or bad interactions and stuff. And I think with him, we're mostly good. Obviously, he wasn't perfect, but... They, the things that I really, like I've said before, being humble, just like for him, giving him, giving me five minutes didn't mean all that much really. And I'm like a background character in the entire life. So his five minutes equals such a huge impact on mine. Mm. And, and then also just existing and existing so openly in terms of, I know there are different minorities that need more representation than mine, but just having someone that was like openly practicing Muslim guy, had a beard and was going off to pray in the middle of the day and quite open about all that. Like before that, genuinely, I would be telling my seniors, oh, I just need to just spit five minutes or I'm going to the bathroom. And I wasn't lying. I did go to the bathroom, but I stopped by the prayer room on the way. And I felt a bit embarrassed to say that. Yeah. And, stuff like that. and to see someone that made it all the way to what we would say is the success in medicine and to be so like, yeah, just Lee. unafraid. Yeah. In fact, one time we were running a course together and I was doing my bits of the lecture on spinal trauma. And in the middle of it, he decided to go pray, but he was literally behind the camera. <laughs> and we were lecturing to hundreds of people, and he was praying in the background. I turned the camera slightly away, and I thought, that's just him in a nutshell, isn't it? He's just not afraid to pray when he needs to pray, and he's not afraid to, like, really, so what are people watching? Like, he needs to do what he needs to do. And I found that really quite encouraging, and I think it's through him I understand that representation and just existing in any sort of platform is quite important to people. And... And so it, I do think it's slightly incumbent on people who are c capable of getting to any sort of level to do it, if you can. And so like through, thankfully, God, God willing, you can become a consultant cardiologist one day. And there'll be some young gun striking guy from a similar background to you that's going to see you. And just because of you and who you are and you existing in that space, you're going to mean a lot more to that person than you are, than vice versa. And uh, you may not even know that. You may not even realize that you mean so much to someone just by you existing. And so... It's made me realize like how important it is to, yeah, like it's not, success is not just based on trying to be successful for yourself. Sometimes you're being successful for people that you don't even know. You know, they're just in the background and you have no idea, but they are actually getting something from you being successful. And also you get your haters and haters too. You're not really working for those people. You're working for yourself and actually the people that it makes a difference to. And for me, this guy was. And so that I think that's probably the biggest lesson that I took from him in terms of what's possible because... If you, through, if you were to, well, I'm using it as a segue, but if you were to close your eyes and I said to you, I want you to imagine one of the most highly published European consultants who's written the book on MSK radiology, like in your mind's eye, you're not going to really imagine a guy called Dr. Asif Seyfuddin who's got a big beard and bald and looking like a, an old uncle, right? With the holes in the socks, which is what he was. He had the yeah. holes in his socks and his, the soles of his shoes have fallen off. You'd be, for me anyway, I'd at least expect someone to be very remarkably well-dressed and highly successful financially and having a boot practice. That's what you'd imagine. Or maybe we've been conditioned to think that and it doesn't have to be like that. And knowing him made me realize or just see if the younger man saw him and thought, you know what, this is possible. Yeah. It's possible. Why isn't it possible? Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing it, sharing that with us, dude. Yeah, no worries. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's been good. It's been, otherwise it's been very good. But yeah, part of the reason we were talking, I decided to try and talk about what do you, when you close your eyes and imagine a certain demographic of person who's capable of doing something, 
It takes us on two. God, that's a horrible. <laughs> one segment. extreme. I know, one extreme <laughs> to the other. Oh, man. I thought you were going to say, when you close your eyes, what do you think of like a radiologist? And I was going to say, just a dark room. I wouldn't pick anything. Just like an Pure angry darkness voice. darkness of, of the soul. Yeah, exactly. Well, angry voice at the end of the telephone. <laughs> when we're talking about Lucy Letby, aren't we? Jesus. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm oh, back. Man. I'm back. I'm back. I'm yeah, good at this. Go. I'm good at this at least. Got a sec. <laughs> so, Lucy Letby, for those of you who don't know, where have you been? <laughs> what? I mean, it's all over the news. She's a nurse who just been murdering children while she was working as a pediatric nurse. And while she was working for a period of time, people noticed a number of different consultant pediatricians noticed babies seemed to be dying while she was on shift. And when they escalated their, con- their concerns to the powers that be, they were widely ignored and some of them were threatened with being reported to the GMC, that kind of thing. And there are lots of other kind of weird things that came out of about it, right? Like they were, mm. well, they were told to apologize to her. I think they were also yeah, advised by their yeah. DMA rep to do that. But also there's a mention of apology being sent to their parents and stuff. It's really weird. Bizarre. Really weird. The whole thing's but, bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But then obviously the other weird thing that kind of pretty much loads of people of color pointed out was the coverage, right? Which was yeah. weird. It was weird. I don't know whether it was the way we took it or something, because the, one of the big articles I was flying around was like, look at this girl. Does she look like a serial killer too? And I thought, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, yeah. yeah, but she just doesn't look like a serial killer to me. And I was like, oh, really? She looks like a serial killer to me because I assume any, anyone could look like a serial killer. And they went on and on. And they started really trying to humanize this person in terms of yeah. grew up in this area, had this wonderful family, Kids went out to the pub. Her. She went out to the pub and she went to drink with people. So normal. Entirely normal. So where did it go wrong? And you think, listen, yeah, don't try and... <laughs> what has happened is absolutely unbelievable because you could tell a young child to hit a child and they'll be a bit like, I don't want to hit a baby. Why would I hit a baby? So you've got someone that's going out, genuinely going and hurting like the most innocent of the innocent of us, innocent. And then you're trying to justify and also not justify, but try and humanize it on some level, yeah. right? It's so bizarre, It's isn't a monster. It? Yeah, it's bizarre. There's no explaining this. And then the whole thing about, oh, but then she was trying to get the attention of a registrar. She was being, I'm sorry. I think I saw another TikTok. She goes, if you want to get attention with someone, get some, make, I don't know, do something else. You don't need yeah. to, what are you talking about? Why are you trying to even excuse that these stuff. stories? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the common tropes, isn't it? It's either, so yeah, they use, whereas if it's a person of color, they'll use the kind of the arrest photos. Whereas here, as you say, loads of photos of her childhood and her kind of going out and stuff. And mm. kind of looking normal. And then the other things that happen are the suggestions of mental illness and all this kind of stuff like that. It's just, it's so bizarre, like the mental gymnastics that go into it. And then mm. when people say then, oh, like it's not about race. I'm like, I don't think you really, I don't think you really see like the difference that occurs in coverage if, if that was a person of color. Like they would not, all, the, all these kind of, oh, maybe it could have been because she wanted to impress this person or maybe it could have been because she's got a <laughs> mental illness or how did she change from this angel at like cherub, like yeah, rubbish, yeah. like who gets that? And not really arguing that people of color should get that, but it's like, why is she, like, like it's dangerous. The fact that people couldn't see that she was a killer meant that mm. she, baby, more babies died, even though people were raising concerns about it. They're like, oh no, she couldn't possibly. Like pe- people have got like a major blind spot here. And when you point that out, if you look online, like people get, people are getting crazy. There was like a big video by Kelechi. Oh, know? I saw that. That blew yeah. up. And, yeah. And yeah. then like Kwasi Kwarteng, like this MP on GB News, I guess like what, maybe four people watched that, but still mm. calling her out for literally just stating facts. And she mm. can, remember, can remember, we talked about it before, you know, that Oxford 
medical student who stabbed her boyfriend. Yes. And then yes. people said, oh, like future cardiothoracic surgeon. It's like med any medical student could be like a future cardiothoracic surgeon. Who yeah. gets called that though when you're at medical school? Mm. And it's just funny, isn't it? Like that kind of whole privilege that they get afforded. Yeah, the thing is, I think only, I mean, we, I mean, I, the segue does work in some ways in that when you are a medical professional, any sort of professional, and you are from a minority of some sort, it's hard to find representation. It's important to see someone that's been somewhere that you want to get to, right? And the more like you they are, the more they mean to you, right? And I think when it comes to, so why does someone like myself feel like I needed someone uh, that was of a similar background? It's because actually it's very hard to find allies because what I noticed in my training anyway, and I'll say allegedly here, and I don't know whether other people relate, but if I made a miss on a scan, it was always a bigger deal than this other guy had a miss on a scan. It just always seemed to be that way. And there was a very, there was one difference between the two of us. Like we were different color from different. And it, was, it happened repeatedly again and again to the point that I felt as though that I knew that if I wanted to get to the similar places as that guy, I would have to work a lot harder and I need to make no mistake for that person I knew could make more mistakes. So it, sh it shows that the overall feeling of people like myself and yourself is that we're already on the back foot as soon as you walk into to certain areas. So if this person, so when people say stuff like, oh, you're making a race issue, it's like, we're making a race issue because you know, you don't have to have the life that we've lived. You, don't, you never have to be in a situation where you look for an ally. You look for people that are like you. You've had to end up being on the receiving end of what feels like discrimination. And it's felt like discrimination for years from the outset, from very early on. We're talking med school interviews, all that stuff going all the way through to now. You've always had to achieve a little bit more, do a little bit hard, more work, be a little bit more nice to be able to just get to this point. And so the reason why this is an issue is like someone loose, loose be doesn't look like someone that is dangerous. So therefore people are not going to report her so quickly and going to get parents involved to get apologies going. And this is the thing, like when you look back, I mean, remember with the Jimmy Savile thing, right? Yeah. There were so many flags that happened during that, that when you really look back, like how on earth did he get away with that for so long? What was it about him that made him let him get away? First of all, it is his Democrat. It's also that he's famous. And again, people are trying to hide things so that they don't get into trouble and they don't ruin the reputation of wherever he's helping, quotation mark. And allegedly, it's, this is the stuff that happened, I wouldn't say is unheard of in terms of, obviously, this is a very high extreme of terms of this is actual murder, right? Murder happened. But allegedly, I may have heard of a consultant. That, oh, actually, we had someone on the show who came on recently. And uh, they said that a, a senior member had touched them in an inappropriate way, walking up the stairs. Now, let's say that junior decides to report. How likely do you think that junior is going to feel supported in that situation? We, we've seen it. We've been there. We know what happens when someone who is very powerful, who has got lots of friends in high places, who then has a complaint about. Like, mo unless it's very serious, which you would think murder would be like the point as to when someone would take it seriously. But evidently, in some places, it's not. Yeah. But... Unfortunately, we do live in a play situation where when you read all this stuff, like you could see that happening. You could see that happening. Yeah. You know what? I can imagine this person, Lucy Letby, made friends with the right people in the right places, complained, was very charming to the right people. And when it came down to almost getting caught, she pulled every single card under the sun, every yeah, single victim mean. thing that she could. And that's not yeah. something that's afforded to us at all. And I've never felt that genuinely. I don't know, I've ranted there, really. but I'm just saying, don't you think? It's just. No, it's, I think it has to be said because I don't feel like 
people are necessarily getting the message and they're seeing it as a kind of, oh, why can't we get away with such things? That's not what we're arguing. We're arguing the other way around. We just want the same standard <laughs> and apply that kind of standard. So that's just, that's what privilege is. And one of the problems with it is that people often don't see it. It's just so inherent and it's just so taken for granted and it's just bonkers. But I feel like we should drag yeah. ourselves into a kind of, <laughs> it's a lighter topic. And of course, we're still going to mention our sponsors. And there was a topic that kind of seems to link into them quite nicely that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, so do you think that things would be a problem for scrubs that are tucked in or tucked up? Yeah, I think the thing is that I don't judge. I'm I'm not a tucker <laughs> myself. Yeah, yeah, you're not a tucker. Yeah, all right. No, I'm not. But I like you them out. Absolute but... tucker. Yeah, yeah, absolute. Some people, I think people are obsessed. They can be real tuckwits, but I just think <laughs> <laughs> I personally don't. But Rohan, did you see Rohan? Uh, so Medlife Crisis, Rohan Francis, he posted two pictures, one of him mm. tucked and one of him not tucked. And I've got to say, he looked better with them tucked. And maybe... I thought it looked good at both, to be honest. Did he? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Cool looking dude, man, I don't know. whatever. I don't think, I think I just felt a bit self-conscious about doing it, but maybe I should start doing it. But there was someone who got really angry about it, right? Dr. Yeah, Michael yeah, yeah. Sagner, MD. He goes, some MD. scrub tops are designed to be tucked in, while others aren't. <laughs> Most are meant to be tucked in for hygiene. Same goes for all other clothing in the hospital. Discussion over. Really, everything. I love it. What? Discussion, Discussion over. over. Wow. Yeah, that's an American. Uh, Discussion over. Okay. Yeah. Okay, man. Okay. <laughs> I like Simon Fleming. But then Simon Fleming goes, Discussion any, uh, over and carries on with the discussion. That, Isn't that guy quite must have how discussions mind. work. Yeah. So uh, that's in the topic of our sponsor, right? So Scrubs. Yeah. If you check them out, so at SCRBS underscore UK, they put you in Scrubs. They are Scrubs that are wearable by doctors, nurses, dentists, veterinary veterinary professionals, carers. <laughs> they are very versatile. They're robust. They've got a bit of stretch in them and they're very easy to tumble dry. So <laughs> I can't... <laughs> Am I a bit full on? I really like them. Okay. You're, you're trying to sell... When you say hard sell, this is as hard sell as it can. Guys, guys, what? listen. What? Tumble drying, tumble, tumble drying. Dry. Honestly, listen, if you do listen. the map, I'll send you. If you DM me, I'll send you the the, the specific washing instructions. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you use our promo code, which is two medics, T W O M E D I C S ten, you'll get ten percent off bargain. That's right. That's right. I think I've got enough for a bargain bucket for this. But genuinely, they are good. I've been enjoying making my TikTok videos wearing them and actually quite good pajamas as well. Yeah. For those that That's are what you wear them for, Do check that? them out. Yeah. Don't really wear scrubs. I've been considering wearing them into work because I've run, I'm running out of suits to wear. So I thought, you know what, maybe I should start wearing my scrubs. scrubs. So, I feel yeah. like once you make the change, you won't go back because it's so much easier and so much more comfortable, isn't it? Like wearing pajamas everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I don't know. I just feel like I still need to project professionalism to work yeah i don't know why yeah. why didn't you get, get the scrubs and then get them what's the word embroidered or something with your name like dr iran laska consultant radiologist <laughs> msk tiktoker like you can put that yeah, all on there. extraordinaire yeah <laughs> sometimes i do have to use I, I always take it as a compliment when a patient says to me have you done this before <laughs> i assume they must mean i'm still quite young because or looking at least because the day they stop asking me i must be i must yeah, be no. getting on oh you've yeah. done this loads of times doc all right, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Like, all right. chill out mate yeah, relax <laughs> Fair enough. speaking of trying to prove who we are as doctors i think the royal college of ophthalmologists was talking about something this week wasn't it about oh my some days. sort of associate thing do you remember this one yeah, um, yeah go on 
No, no, why don't you tell them about it, dude? So in November, we're launching a one-year pilot of physician associates within ophthalmology to explore expanding the healthcare workforce while increasing non-medic eye care professionals with hospital service. You just knew this was going to blow up, didn't you? Just as soon as this came out with non-medical, basically you had the key words, right? One year, a physician associate, that's another key word, and non-medical, that's it. Mm. You're going to have a storm and that's pretty much what and happened, isn't it? I yeah, think, go on. And it relates to, yeah, go on. Understandably so, to be honest. Like, yeah. I get that there are lots of angry people out there who are like, not a bit nuts about it. Like I knew, I, I remember watching with horror, like the way that they really hounded the, was it Jamie Saunders? He's like the president of PAs. Or their society anyway. Oh, and yeah. And they really just hounded him online. Yeah. They're copying up. They were like a finding, like social media post that he'd done from like more than 10 years ago. And then posting, yeah. like, oh, look how cringe this is. And all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, for God's sake, like, so pathetic. Can you imagine like looking through that stuff and thinking, like, oh, it's like a gotcha. This is something this guy said. And so that behavior is just ridiculous. But at the same time, like ophthalmology, there are these, the, it's just crazy, like how it's happening everywhere. Like, pe- like, Ophthalmology, for example, is like a perfect example of a specialty where it's very competitive. There are not very many training numbers. And what are they doing instead? They're just putting, what, why is the Royal College doing pilots of physicians associates? What they should be lobbying for and doing pilots for is more training numbers because surely that's the end. And people understandably cynically are saying, look, this is because they want to preserve their own private work. And to be honest, like, how else can you argue in favor of this? Like, how else is it better to be getting physicians associates here rather than increase? Like when you've got so many people who want to do ophthalmology and just simply not getting the chance, falls my blood. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It's a tough one because at the same time, you don't exactly know what part of the job they're going to do. It does like, how do I know they're not just like holding something? You know, you, you, I don't know sure. what part of the job they're doing. Like this could be because there, there are some parts of the job that you just really rather not do. They just, they are, they are. And right. you wonder whether this is one of those things, unless you see exactly what they're doing. I'd be a bit hesitant to like shoot them down. It's got the keywords. It's got the keywords. I'll give you that. It's got the keywords, yeah. but none of the details. So we have no so idea. Do you, what do you think yeah, they on. might be doing that people don't want to do? But that's the thing. I don't know enough about ophthalmology to really know what those could be, but there must be something that's a bit like heart sync where, you know, you turn up here. Oh, I've got a whole day of this. Too. I really can't bother. It doesn't. And you think it doesn't need someone of my training to do. Can't we get yeah. someone else to do it? And those are the jobs that you give to your, the juniors are going through. Those jobs that people just end up doing that no one else wants to do. Yeah. I'm just saying that there may be more to this story than meets the eye. But sure. in, in your favor, what I'm saying is that I, recently I was reading this book. I can't remember. It's something called The Alchemy or something. I can't find it. It's really interesting. And although he wasn't talking about physician associates and stuff, it did cross my mind because he was talking about black cab drivers and how before Uber came along, Black cab drivers need to do like a four years or apprenticeship to be able to get the knowledge to be able yeah. to go around the around London or wherever London. they're learning their thing. And so it took so long for them to get to this. It was actually a very respectful thing to, to get the knowledge to become a black cab driver. And the result of being a black cab driver, because the effort and all that stuff it came into, the crime rates amongst them were, was actually quite low. You, you didn't get many attacks. It did happen, but not to the degree that you get when you compare to the number of people that Uber driver that end getting into these sort of situations. So here's an interesting argument in this. It's called the Al- the yeah, Alchemy, the original thinking, a world of mind and conformity by Rory Sutherland. This book is just one of those books that keep making you think and think. It's very exhausting. His point was is that when someone has to put a lot of effort to something, they have a lot more honor and a lot more, they got a lot more honor towards it. 
But if you pick up something in a year, you don't, you can't care as much about it. You can't feel that kind of honor toward it, and you don't feel like it's as valuable as something that took you ten years to get through. And therein starts to lie the possibility of things getting abused and things not getting done the way that it should be done. And so now, obviously, we've got Uber, and we do. There are checks to make sure that people are safe Uber drivers and the whole rating system amongst each other. But it still doesn't beat going through four years of getting the knowledge and getting that sort of accolade of getting the knowledge and having that reputation of being a black cab driver. Yeah. On some so level, is, yeah, go on, yeah, go on. yeah, yeah, no, but as you say, like that is one of the kind of criticisms leveled against it, right? Because they feel like it's yes, diluting. exactly, yeah, exactly. So, so if something takes a year to get to, it only took you a year to get to. So, how much are you really going to appreciate? Because you could just leave in a year and do something yeah. else. Is that someone that you want around your eyes? Is that something that you want around? Is that it was a very interesting kind of thought experiment in terms of okay, that's interesting because of the amount of time and effort it takes in. You're going to take it more seriously, trying to do a better job of it potentially. There is that sunken, what's that we've all, we've talked about before, a sunken fallacy. You put so many time, years yeah. into this, you've got to finish it. You've got to do, you've got to do what's right by you as well. But a year to do something could potentially be quite complex. I don't think you're going to appreciate how complex something is. Yeah, so I think, are, of course, the two years, but your point makes complete sense. I think the other thing to say, though, people say, oh, but they're going to be doing things that people don't want to do. And I think that was always the assumption that perhaps there'll be the kind of regular staple on the ward and they'll perhaps do discharge letters. And so I guess. There are, there is evidence though of, you know, trying to avoid to use the word scope creep after a certain period of time, who would want to keep doing it? The reason why people don't want to do those jobs is because they often feel mundane, especially if you're for mm. a long time. And so then they want expanded roles. And there are other tweets that are linked, haven't we, about, for example, this is not PAs, but this is ACPs in ITU. And these are kind of paramedics who are used to staff ITU. And people are upset about that because they felt that, look, there's a shortage of paramedics, yet they're excited by the prospect of kind of expanding their role. Of course, who wouldn't be? Mm. And so mm. I think there's a risk of falling into that trap of thinking, oh yeah, they're just going to be there to fill gaps and things. But do they necessarily feel that way? I'm not necessarily sure. And I don't, whatever, you do get these kind of posts whereby there's this suggestion that they're doing medical school in two years and whatever. And people are like, how can it stop the same? It's not like medical school just distilled down into two years. It's just different. It's different and getting annoyed with that, I think seems a little bit silly, but I just think in a specialty like ophthalmology where the, there is like, and there isn't, there are backlogs and there is a need for doctors to do it. And it just seems completely bonkers that we're, that the Royal College is like pushing this. I just I can see where that anger com comes from. Yeah. It is bizarre that they're in a specialty where people want to do it as in, it never seems to be the answer. Okay. We've got a need here. Let's make, let's get more doctors to do it. It's always, okay, let's invent an entire new <laughs> sub-profession yeah. of a profession or a new profession or get another profession to come in and do that. It's never, let's get doctors who want to do it. It's, it that never seems to be the answer. And I don't know what that is. I don't know why. I mean, from the college's point of view, I, again, you don't know what's going on behind the background. There's backhand handshakes and all sorts of things. Like there's government pressures and stuff that are going to be like, okay, you do this and we'll scratch your back later. There's all sorts of stuff that could be going in the background. I never believe that these things are happening for no reason. No one's going yeah. out of the goodness of their heart to invent an entire brand new profession to, to come in. And, someone's true. benefiting somewhere. Yeah, someone's getting phrase, paid somewhere. Follow money. It's yeah, funny. someone's getting paid somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned the background handshakes because it made me think of, so did you see that kind of in response to one of the responses is this kind of group mm. called the Anesthetists United. I love it. Also. And there's this AI generated image. And when you mentioned the kind of backhand handshakes, it made me think of that <laughs> person in the picture with six fingers and the <laughs> handshakes were slow. But yeah. so the thing that's so 
if to those who haven't seen, there's a tweet on the 21st of August by Anaesthetist United. So their handle is at A-N-A-E-S United, U-N-I-T-E-D. And basically they say, so we're a group of anaesthetists concerned about the planned expansion of anaesthetic associates. This will impact the quality of delivered anaesthesia and the training of future colleagues. Read our mission statement below. There are a number of different kind of fairly prominent people, consultants and registrars who are involved. And I think they've got like a mass of signatures and can completely understand their kind of cause and that they're taking, this is not a paid thing they're looking mm. to do. But the, fun, the funny thing is that they generated, they, they made this AI generated image for their group, I guess, rather than take, spending money and time doing professional photographs, they just did this AI generated image. Mm. And it's, it's riddled. It's not, if I was going to do an AI generated image, I'm sure it would look terrible. It's not terrible, but there is there are humorous aspects to it, right? It's unquoted <laughs> out. That their kind of uh, symbol looks a bit like well, Gucci. I don't want to say what that is, but and then some <laughs> people with like arms coming out of different places and stuff. Yeah. And then there are, and there are people who are so upset about it, like coming out, and be like, you're really undermining the arguments and stuff. And these are the same people who will say. Oh, like virtue signalers, they come crying to Twitter, they come crying to Twitter. And they talk about people like, <laughs> like pouring out their feelings when they are like getting upset at people making jokes of their picture. They're like, oh no, they're making jokes of us all in the mind. Which way is it? Are you like, are they crying on Twitter or are they capable, mm. are they able to take a joke? Which one is it? I don't know. I always find it strange that a lot of the time we're pining for people to take action and do something. Like, look, well, wh when will someone to do something? When will someone just do something? We need to get together and do something. And then like, you get a group of people like, get together and do something. Like, ah, look at them, oh, like idiots. <laughs> oh, you're such an idiot. Do you think it's a bit like when you're at yeah, school yeah, and everyone yeah. fancies that girl and then <laughs> no one's going to ask around until someone does it. Oh, look at oh. you, bro. What are you doing? You know about that, man. You're rated. You, yeah, you went yeah, for yeah. it. Go for it, man. There's me just being all afraid to not do anything. And anyway, moving away from that example. The, um, but every time anyone seems to do anything, People seem to cuss it out for some reason. I, right. I don't know what it is about medics. What is it? And even beyond medicine, like when someone tries to do something outside of medicine, branching out of medicine, do something like people always seem to have a bit of a dig until it becomes successful. So I hope these guys are successful in bringing, bringing the change they want. And maybe people won't be making fun of them so much. But yeah, it's, it, it was good fun as well. Like it's a bit, yeah. Hopefully they can take a bit of a giggle. No, I hope so. I, hope I think so, because there was a yeah. subsequent... There was a subsequent tweet, which was really good, where they yeah. made a comment about, oh, there was like a joke on it. And I was like, yes, that's what you're supposed to do. You're just supposed to use it. My blade said, just use it. <laughs> and they, uh, I can't remember what the joke was, but it was basically about having kind of like something. And I was like, yeah, that's it, man. But the people like a few kind of choice accounts out there who are like, oh, we're undermining it, man. And stuff, I'm like, oh, over it. Do you think they'd benefit from like some resilience training through Shaw? Would you? Oh, <laughs> oh, here we oh, go. So Ben tweeted this week, didn't he? He said in 2014, there was an independent report after 28 doctors died by suicide whilst being investigated by the GMC. Here's a summary of the report findings. Point one, absolutely yes. So he's saying yes to doctors under investigation. Should they feel that they are treated as it should feel as though they're treated innocent until proven guilty. But point number six goes. Make emotional resilience training an integral part of medical curriculum. Always resilience, man. Always. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. it's amazing, isn't it? Because obviously <laughs> this isn't, it's so awful. And we know like how <laughs> the threat of the GMC just looms. And it just, doesn't it strike as complete kind of abject indifference? Oh, they need to be resilient, in, resilient enough. Like they need to be more like, was there a resilience training style for like soldiers in like Gulf War or something? It was it, literally like, 
how to deal with that. That's how like resilience tra- came about. And what, and is <laughs> because the seniors can't not be Honestly, dicks. you know what I think's happened? I think they were coming out with these guidelines, guidelines and someone was asleep in the back of the room. <laughs> and, and they said, okay, resilience. Oh, resilience. Yeah, that's my contribution to this. Yeah, yeah. It actually reminds me of this time that I was ended up working on some project. And uh, I don't know how I got involved in this. I really didn't want to be involved. But you know how it is. Consultant says, oh, get involved in this project, right? And I'm half asleep. And they're talking about like the buttons. They're trying to get like patient surveys back and trying to increase the, the rate at which they get patient surveys back. And at one point, they were talking about the color the buttons and stuff. And I was like, I'm so done. Wow. I'm so done here. I'm so dead. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I literally falling asleep. And then they all turn around, you know, what do you think? And I was like, oh, God, I'm half asleep. What are they? Did you say AI? About? Should I just no, This is before that. And so I was like, yeah, I think the, do you remember Fight Club? It's like, yeah, I think the button should be like cornflower blue. And they went, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Why? Yeah, that's the color it should be. And they're like, we moved on from the buttons. (laughs) Yeah, but I just, I was just thinking about it now. And I just think they should be a different color. I think that would increase. And they went, okay, we can talk to developers about that. All right. And they, (laughs) and I think that's what's happened here. This person's been asleep in the entire time. I was like, anything else? Yeah, resilience training. I think that's going to be the thing that's going to make or break this situation. I just like wonder, like what happens? It just doesn't seem terribly consistent. Obviously, we saw the stories that kind of come to mind, you know, about the person who used his wife's Oyster card or the person who wanted to procure a laptop. laptop. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got that or those kind of things and how they just aggressively pursue these people. And then other people just seem to get complete. How is, where is, where's the kind of selectivity? Like, where is the triage? Where is it? Where is the sense? I just don't know. It's not there. Because we pay quite a lot of money, don't we? Yeah, we don't we? We do spend a lot of money to them. And it's amazing they can come out with this and with a straight face. Someone must have been having a giggle. Because if I'd written that, I'd be like, oh, this is going to be a good luck. This is going to be good. I can't wait for Twitter to pick this one up. It's going to be hilarious when it comes out. What do you think they're going to do? What, make us sit like an extra hour after work to listen to about resilience training and then that's it. It's all done. You've had your resilience training, so you can't be upset. You should be more resilient. Maybe you need to go back to resilience training so that you can deal with whatever issues are going to come out. It's just completely like absolving of the responsibility that someone they have onto the mental health of someone that they are taking through that entire process. And yeah. I would arguably say for a lot of the time, for not based on very much. A laptop, yeah. come on, mate. <laughs> like, why are we getting, what about the guy who was walking into work with Scrub and he got into an altercation and he's the one that got done, even though, yeah. anyway, the whole thing was bizarre. And you read this stuff again and again, think, yeah, I know the pattern here. And I know what's going on. It's all right. Do you see, and also yeah. recently, I guess a bit on the nose was this kind of response by the GMC to apparently is to a 2022 Good Medical Practice Consultation. I'm reading this from the tweets from Prof Colin R. Melville. His handle's at DR Colin M. And he's a medical director and director of education and standards for the GMC. And they were talking about how we should be, tre- doctors should be encouraged to treat patients with kindness, courtesy and respect. And I could see like the initial responses to it positive obviously like about kindness and stuff and then naturally and understandably the sensible voices like pointing out about how much like everything else this whole thing can be weaponized because Mm. the idea of kindness i guess like professionalism is very subjective isn't it and very much so all the like what i found is have direct with someone or sarcastic with someone on the internet and then people start labeling you as aggressive or, or it the the words that people use can be weaponized really quickly. It's also it's open to interpretation because you yeah. could be doing your job and then 
So look, for example, what are you going to say now? I stick a cannula in and then for some reason, whatever reason, this patient feels more pain than the other patient and they're going to say this person was very kind to me or something like It's just so yeah. open to interpretation that this yeah. is not, when well, these things happen, it's subjective, know. right? Here's a, so here are the guidance. So let's let the listeners weigh it up for themselves. So it says treating patients yeah. with kindness, courtesy and respect. So you must treat patients with kindness, courtesy and respect. It doesn't mean agreeing to every request or withholding relevant information that may be upsetting or unwelcome. It means communicating sensitively and considerately, particularly when you're sharing potentially distressing issues about the patient's prognosis and care, listening to the patients, recognizing their knowledge and experience of their health and acknowledging their concerns, trying not to make assumptions about what a patient will consider significant or important that will attach to different outcomes, being willing to explain your reasons for the options you offer and the options you don't and any recommendations you make, recognizing that patients may be vulnerable, even if they don't seem it, being alert to signs of pain and distress, and taking steps to alleviate pain and distress, whether or not a cure may be possible. That's an interesting one at the end. I think that's useful for kind of invisible, not immediately visible illnesses. But the thing is that those things sound very reasonable. I think the reason why people kind of worry is about their kind of interpersonal interactions, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I think anything which is open to interpretation is going to be difficult because obviously it depends on the perception of the individual and who they think you are. And everyone's got their own way of treating people, right? And there's no right or wrong way, really. Not really, right? Obviously, there's like the base level of, okay, you're not going to make a mistake, but your interactions with everyone is not going to be the same. Like I could say the same sentence to every single patient, but everyone seems to get a different interpretation of what I just said based on their own circumstances. So I just think that. It's another one of those things that can go really wrong. But that fr- phrase, that you, what's it, the phrase? Yeah, be kind. They're using the phrase be kind, which yeah. is a, almost a meme Parody in itself, now. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's just a complete meme in itself. And again, I feel like another one of those situations where it's typical, someone half asleep in the room. Do we have anything else to add? It's like, yeah, be kind. That'd be nice to have kind doctors. Yeah, like, yeah that's right. You're right. Kind doctors. That's what we need. <laughs> just to illustrate how farcical it is, there was a tweet from Jonathan. He said, I was threatened with GMC referral for tweeting about my trust's parking issues. If management will threaten my career over something like that, what do we think they'd do to someone who went to the police media about unexplained deaths? I guess that's a reference to Lisa Lip. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They're very worried about their own perceptions, isn't it? Like you tweet the wrong thing, you end up in trouble. We've seen this before on Twitter, haven't we? Where we've had guests and stuff come up where they've tweeted something and they've allegedly been reprimanded by someone in communications about what you said and being associated with where they work and stuff. I think social media is a bit of a minefield, though. I think it's it's such a, um, even now, it's such a new thing. Like, I don't think anyone really knows what they're doing here, yeah. including us, obviously, but especially <laughs> yeah, on a professional yeah. environment, like where do the lines of professionalism stop and yeah. stuff, right? And you can only mitigate so many things by saying retweets aren't endorsements, but then why are you echoing something that you don't endorse? It can go on. Like, where do you stop and where do you, where do you finish? Yeah, fine. So I guess <laughs> moving to a lighter topic. So there was a tweet from Yasmin Lee, who was on our, it was on the show, who asked the question, is any part of wedding plans actually fun? And I kind of wondered when I saw this, I was like, okay, it's obviously yeah. not medical at all. But I thought, I need to ask you this. For yeah. your wedding, how, what, <laughs> number one, how involved were you? And number yeah. two, putting out there, what bit of it did you enjoy the most? <laughs> okay, how much? How involved? Okay, so basically, I I had some difficulties because of where I'm from and where my wife is from. I'm oh, from no and my wife is Pakistani, so for my side anyway, that was a bit of a big deal. 
And it was an enjoyable experience at all, actually. And it started to get the situation where the thing is, I've always told anyone that's on the run to get married, and you may correct me if I'm wrong, but I, whenever someone's about to get married, I always try and tell them there may be a situation in the next few months on the run to your wedding or years where everyone hates you. <laughs> everyone hates you. Yeah, everyone yeah. will hate you. And you yeah. just got to keep going. <laughs> you just got to keep going. And that did happen to me so many times, man. Like so many times. Like I'll give you a few examples. Like once we went to food tasting, right? And I think already something happened early in the week about scheduling something and someone was upset about me booking something incorrectly and stuff. It went on for ages, right? And the whole thing almost fell apart over that. And so then I thought this time I'm going to go to this like we wedding tasting thing. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to agree to everything. I'm going to stay out of trouble. <laughs> so right. I turn up, right? And I'm meeting and everyone's like, Imran? And I said, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And I'm thinking this food is rubbish. But anyway, yeah, 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 I'm good. I'm good. And then I thought, yeah, I was walking away that I got away with that. I got away. This yeah, is awesome. Nice. Yeah. I think I'm all right. And then uh, I got a phone call later from wife-to-be and she goes, we all noticed how you were not interested at all and you oh. weren't taking any sides whatsoever at all and Poker we expected face. you to get and i'm like there is no winning in this situation yeah. is there there's just no winning and then uh, yeah i found the whole thing so stressful even getting the date so obviously you know that i was flunking exams left right and center and i was in the middle of exams on the run or trying to get married as well oh, God. and so it was very difficult to identify which days i was going to be able to get some of the wedding events going but a year ago i'd already booked tickets to go see coldplay and so this is the issue so now i've got exams to revise for I've got Coldplay tickets and there's a wedding to go to. So they started discussing like which day they're going to do this particular event. And I kept blocking this yeah. day. <laughs> so we're all sitting around this table and then it got to this point. And I thought, you know what? This is one of the situations where I'm going to lose those Coldplay tickets. I've been waiting an entire year for these Coldplay tickets and I'm going to lose these. And then, <laughs> so then we're like going, to, and then it just happened to be the Saturday. Imran, this is the only Saturday that everyone's free. Oh, it's the yeah. only Saturday. I'm like, and that's Coldplay. That is Coldplay. They've got me. They've got me, right? And I said, listen, and then I said, listen, there has to be another way. They just had, and I was almost pleading. I was like, listen, there, there has to be like another way, please. And they went, Iran. And they all looked around and looked at each other and said, we've noticed that this day is something that you're trying to avoid. Is there something that you'd rather do than get married on this day? And I went, okay, listen, yeah. <laughs> I know it doesn't mean very much to you guys, but I've had Coldplay ticks for a while now. And I've been really looking forward to going this. And, oh. and then they're like, what? and then literally went down to, are you going to get married? Or are you going to go to see Coldplay? Mm. And oh. I just thought, I don't know. That's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> it was hard wow. to get these tickets. And I just, and they yeah. were, Imran, I went, okay, okay. I'll give the tickets away then. All right. Tickets you gave them away? I did, yeah. I gave them away. Oh, wow. So, that's love, yeah, yeah. That's That uh, could have counted as your wedding gift. To be fair. No, it was a path of least resistance, I think. <laughs> oh, <fair enough. laughs> so that's so, obviously... Yeah. That's something you enjoyed the least. <laughs> Did you enjoy it any of it? I can't remember much that I enjoyed in truth. The whole thing was very stressful, including yeah. the wedding day, because people weren't able to find seats and then people were sitting in other people's seats and then people uh, getting annoyed no, about sitting so... in the wrong places. Oh, Except it, the whole thing was just, yeah, it was just stress and stress all the way through. I know. Yeah. You, I, I get that vibe. Yeah. How like, about you, man? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, I know that vibe because sometimes I feel like when you get asked a question, it is a case of guess what you want me to say. <laughs> and when you show me she's a takeaway and you're like that one oh but i don't want that one i'm like but then we, okay why don't you tell me the ones you don't want? oh i don't really mind oh i'm doing this again and it's like that for holidays and it was like that for wedding planning and so i guess i took the i took a similar <laughs> tack to you which was like just go with it yeah. and that's fine but apparently as you say like even when you try and be switzerland and be all neutral like 
something happens with your face where they're able to tell what you're thinking, even though you don't know you're thinking it. Yeah. Like it's happened really recently. Like Joe's been paint, wanting to change the colors of the wall in the lounge, right? She's like, what are you painting mm. the lounge? And she's like, what color do you want it to be? And I was like, Joe, we're sitting in the kitchen. I can't even tell you right now what the color of the walls are now. Like, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's how little I care about the colors of the wall in that room. I don't even know what it looks like now. So you could change it. I won't even notice. <laughs> oh, this is standard you. Like, you always do this. And then I'll change the color and you'll make some comment. I'll be like, what have I ever said about the color of that room? And she's like, oh, you just gave me some looks. And, and I was like, what? <laughs> but I have to say, when we were like planning for the wedding, I was a bit like, I did, I did enjoy the food tasting because we went to various different places and it was, that was fun. And, but, oh yeah, we picked the band. The band was fun as well. Yeah. But as you say, there's just so many other political things involved where you're just trying to keep so many other people happy that you don't even really feel like it's a day for you. Up until mm. the day, like the day was, am- I have to say the day was amazing. It was like the best day of my life. It was so fun. We felt like rock stars. It was like really well organized in the end. Mm. But I feel you like it is very, it was very stressful. And I feel like the natural, I think one of the problems is like with any problem is that if you take a back seat, then the other person then takes on the stress of everything, don't they? And then they, and then, and so it's not necessarily that helpful. So playing like devil's advocate or whatever, just in case Java listens to this, (laughs) but we recently had our, what was it? Our six year anniversary. Last wow, weekend. Congratulations, man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You doing anything fun? Lily had a birthday party, so ruined it. God. Ruined it. And kids, we had takeaway in the evening, you. actually. We had a nice ask takeaway. But halfway through, I think Joe got about halfway through her ask pizza, and then Erin woke up, so she had to go upstairs, and I'm pretty sure she fell asleep. So I ate that. It was pretty good. <laughs> from my perspective yeah it's had a good time yeah wow you're really selling this man I mean, six <laughs> yeah. years down the line and that's Married what life. excitement looks like yeah Red yeah it's got to eat half and pizza oh man yeah god that's yeah you brought back a lot of memories there no. look i'm not gonna say look everything's been fine since i'm very happy and i'm glad i went through it but for me anyway it was real yeah just push and push and just get to the end already it's yeah. <laughs> worth it it's worth in the, the end the other bit yeah just get let's get to the other bit yeah yeah. Oh, so speaking of getting older, oh, no, yeah. no, do that, do it, do it. Do it. Oh, yeah. So speaking of getting older, Thrusha, and our experience of getting older, we've, which we've often spoken about, there is a certain millionaire that's flying around. Have you seen him these days? Who's fighting age and oh, midlife yeah. crisis? Been going, been talking about this as well. Thrusha, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't remember what his name is. I know yeah. he's the guy. The funny thing is, he's so infamous that I know this weird things about him. Like I know that he that gets transfused transfusions of blood from his 18 year old son to stay young mm. and he takes yeah. apparently allegedly like a hundred supplements or more a day and he's had some operations on his ears to improve his hearing and wow. he does like all of these like different things to try and live longer and basically reverse aging isn't it Not living longer. that's his gimmick yeah and uh, rohan did a good have you seen the video that rohan did i, I have yeah so his name is brian johnson and oh, okay. he is yeah, Rowan's very good at pointing out the grifters around. And I think he's this millionaire is a bit of a... He's doing everything he can under the sun to try and avoid getting older. And he's making all these claims about being young and transfusions from his kid and eating pills. And I think Rowan's talked about this before, especially when it comes to athletes. When you get these athletes who are trying to do something extraordinary, they'll almost do them like the most extreme, extraordinary things to be extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And so if you told Roger Federer or something that, listen... Your tennis will get better if you put a piece of bread on your stomach and lie down for half an hour. He'd probably give it a go. 
because when you're at that kind of level of percentages and percentages that make a difference to winning or losing, anything's worth a shot. So this yeah. guy is, he, he's going a percentage of percentage, like he's trying to stop getting older. And so he's just trying so many different things to, to do it. And to me anyway, he looks weird. It just looks like a Dracula type um, yeah, vampire. He looks like a kind of waxwork from Madame to Swords. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was this Japanese guy that was going around on the internet who looked like he was 20, but he was actually 50. I've actually, I must have sent him to you through. I'll send a picture of him. He looks phenomenal and he's stacked. He is literally stacked. Oh, is so you'd think he's 20, yeah. but he's not. He's like in his 50s or later than that, actually. Yeah. I'll send what a photo to you later. Again, no, he, he's very humble about it. Like, apparently he didn't want the attention, but obviously people started to realize that this guy's not as young as he looks and started putting him all over the internet. And so hey, wow. he ended up getting a following. But he genuinely says that he just lived a very healthy lifestyle. He just yeah. lives a very healthy That's lifestyle. That's so annoying. Very, very... Yeah, I know. I, I know. Like, like, like 100 supplements. Lost, man. I have my Ask Peter. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, at least about age. But I mean, that Ask Pizza, is it worth it? I don't know. I have similar like, photos of that guy in I've seen. Yeah, I sent him. He looks phenomenal. I sent you later. He looks phenomenal, but uh, yeah. I really want to include this tweet that tickled me, which was by Gardner Bay, B, Mm. B B-E-A. And she said, just thinking about that time at medical school, an anesthetist made the scrub nurse write three milliliters blood loss on the board for my messy cannula. I'm like, oh, what shade. (laughs) What humiliation. (laughs) Three mils of blood loss. Bear in mind you, that probably made me feel a bit, oh, I'm so queasy with blood. I can't, yeah. Yeah. How are you, did you see that there's another thing about when people are unwell as medical professionals and go and see doctors triaging ourselves? I put it in. So there's a tweet. No, I haven't seen that. There was an article on the 20th of August in Pulse Today, and it said GPs should have the power to say to patients who are phoning about trivial things that is an inappropriate use of NHS services. We have created a nanny state, and we need to move these patients away from being too reliant on their GP, says Dr. Ellie. And Jamie replied mm. saying, look, yeah, I'm not sure about this. Don't get me wrong. I have some people who ring constantly about nothing, but it's not, it's nothing to me. It might not feel like that to them. Better would mm. be educational minor ailments, home treatments, and what to look out for. And it, obviously one of the things that kind of goes on from that is how difficult it can be to establish what's nothing and what's something, right? Things start mm. off as seemingly nothing and then can develop into definitely something. And uh, there are some really interesting kind of takes in response to that, there was one from Helen that said, so she talked about, there was a comment about people who attend GPs or A&E, there's someone who made 29 appointments, DNA 29 appointments in a year. And mm. the reply from Helen was, as a community matron, I worked with these people, inverted commas. She says, generally neurodivergence, mental health, trauma-related issues, healthcare doesn't usually hit the spot with them. I used to see lots of them weekly. Just that chance to touch, touch base and be listened to seemed to be the key. I hate saying them. I'm using it as a collective, not to other. These things always remind me of this time I was in GP and uh, doing the GP placement. And uh, there was this patient who came in and they said that the presenter complaint literally was, whenever I brush my teeth, I vomit. And then the GP just looked completely bewildered. And I thought, what on earth is going on? But actually, it turned out that she was drinking a lot until very late and then drinking in the mornings and then vomiting. And then it transpired that she was very lonely because she'd only moved to the area very recently. Right. And uh, that was part of the problem, like why she was drinking so much by herself and stuff like that. And so for something that seemingly seemed like nothing and ridiculous, actually quite a lot came out 
and there was a lot of things that were treatable in terms of there was an action plan or something to do about it. So it's a shame when people put things in the bin, right? Because you don't know where it's leading to and what you don't know where it's coming from. Like someone making 29 appointments and not turning up to a single one, there's something going on, no? Someone needs to find out why someone making 29 appointments and not turning up. Is, are they not allowed to come to the appointments? Are they making the appointments and then being stopped? There are so many things to, and we're just so quick to judge yeah. and there could be more happening then. I guess the, see, diff- right? the difficulty is, and I guess like I was talking about it with one of the consultants the other day, like the quality of the referrals that kind of we get, obviously mm. when people get more and more harried, right? when departments get more and more busy, the quality of referrals obviously go down less and less because people find that they're spending that having that being able to spend less time with a, with people and even though that might be an adequate time to if in isolation address a patient when you factor it together with the whole kind of like workload and the kind of just the effect of the insurmountable feeling of taking the number of people coming in that people just don't really have the bandwidth to think beyond kind of being very reactionary and like in this example you say oh there might be ulterior reasons and it just needs exploring. And I just think, I just wonder if there were, if you had just more time and more resources and someone could stop and take the time to have a look, but simply put a GB is probably a little bit like, oh, thank God, like I've got a bit of time before the next patient comes because that's how mm-hmm. kind of harried and awful it is. And it's just sad, isn't it? That you don't have time to see the wood from the trees because, because everything's just like so stretched and harried now. I think the thing with healthcare is like, it's not always dealing with like actual pathologies, right? This is what I realized as time goes on with radiology anyway. For a long time, I used to think that, okay, look, what are the signs? Is there any neurology here? Like, why are we scanning them in the first place? But then as time went on, I started realizing, and maybe this is something that everyone else knows, and it took me a while to figure out, that sometimes you just do, you're not doing scans necessarily for the pathology per se, you're doing it for the psychology. Well, yeah, I said sense, this. Right? Yeah, I like like it's, I have it all the time, like I'm in the middle of the night, doing a shift and then someone calls up and they're like, listen, I don't actually know what to do here. I've got someone with non-specific abdominal pain. They've come in twice. Blood results are fine. I'd be well within my right to say, no, I'm sorry, but you've got nothing to go on here. Go away, speak to senior or watch and wait. But actually, like when you think about it, the patients come in, they're in pain. They've come to see someone. The person that they've seen is a medical professional who also is now not sure what to do. So for me to say no to that scan seems a bit harsh, doesn't it? Because I've been there. I've been there. I've been in the situations where I don't know what to do. And sometimes the best thing to do is just to get a scan or just get an opinion from someone more senior than me or get the expertise of someone. Instead of bickering about it, why don't you let the scan through and see what comes up? And you'd be surprised. Sometimes something does come up from the most unlikely places. And the thing is, people won't thank you for saying no, right? So if you say no, and then it turns out something happens later, they're going to come after you and say, why did you not say yes? A clinician, a doctor medically qualified came and asked for a scan and you said no on what basis and if you say oh they didn't have that yeah but they still called you because they're worried they had an inkling there was something up and when people get really riled up about referrals and stuff like that's your job like sometimes people call me up they're like oh, i'm really sorry to bother you like, yeah but i'm here aren't i that's my job i just yeah. ask whatever you want to do don't get riled up about it i'll see every referral and do every single scan under the sun if i've got time for it because it's, that's what i signed up to isn't it and yeah, with this kind of stuff, you just don't know. I just be less judgmental about the referrals that are coming in. The quality, when you say quality of the referral, quality according to who? I mean, yeah. according to UK system, a US system, a Bangladeshi system. Like quality is a point of view, isn't it? Yeah. It's just about trying to treat whatever you've got in front of you and trying to do the best by them, right? 
And sometimes throwing the kitchen sink at them might be the only thing you can do because you don't know what else to do. Yeah, these days, I'm, I get, as you can tell, I'm a more of a yes person and I've been yeah. a yes person for a long time because I find that's not worth the aggravation and the energy it takes to say no to these things. I think it's probably like, like a better life, a life philosophy, isn't it? Didn't they say better things come when you say yes more often or something? Well, um, like that movie, have you seen that? Wasn't yeah. it Jim Carrey when he's like, yes? I feel man. like it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't think he ends up doing some weird stuff. Did he? Oh, okay. <laughs> Saying yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just no, he can say no. It was based on some book or something about saying yes. Maybe that's fair enough. We're coming up to time, but I thought there's some, there's two like topic things that I wanted to quickly cover. One was a a topic from Emily. So at EM underscore J underscore B. And she says, so in, she goes, so this is in response to a BBC News article that says bus drivers happier if passengers say hello. A pilot in West London urges passengers to greet bus drivers, resulting in a small positive impact. And she asks, who gets on off a bus without saying hello or thank you? What do you do? I do you get a bus anymore? Do you say hello? Do you say thank you to your partner? <laughs> no, no denials here. No, I always say, I always say thank you. Although once yeah. I was waiting at the bus and the bus was flashing its light as it came up to pick me up, right? And when I get on, the bus driver looked at me like I had this really cheeky grin, like, all right, mate. And I went, all right. And he realized he didn't know me. Right. I think I must have looked like someone he didn't know. And he went, oh. oh. I then uh, looked away quickly and I thought, embarrassing both of us now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> did you thank yeah. him when he got off or did you just... Yeah, I did. I, I genuinely, I always say thanks when I get Wait off. Wait a bit. I'm like cool. My, kids, my parents I, always told me. Yeah, yeah. But in oh. London, if you get a London yes. bus, you get on at the front and then you disembark in the middle. So how do you thank him? Obviously, it depends on how far. So if I'm like really far down, I'm not going to scream across. But if it's like... Yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, fair yeah, you can imagine. Oh, can you say thank you and pass it on? And by the time it gets there, the whispers have changed it to be like, you're an absolute beep. <laughs> no, no, if it's like within hearing distance where I'm not disturbing him, I always say thanks. But if it's at the other end, then yeah, yeah. And if everyone's rushing off, then yeah, it's no point. But I do there try and make a point of saying thanks. Yeah. There you go, guys. So that's what we're supposed tweet, to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So another tweet. This is the one for Brohan, though. This is the one. Again, I've got it. We won't talk about him at all next week. We won't talk about him. (laughs) But this week, he goes, got stopped for a random chat at the UK border (laughs) when I returned from India. Briefly thought, why always me? But then realized I'm a brown dude with a beard, carrying two suitcases, full of Indian powders and potions, and wearing a Los Polos Hermanos t-shirt and thought, fair enough. So for those of you who don't, you don't know, Los Palos Hermanos is a reference to Breaking Bad. That was a chicken shop from which drugs were sold by, I can't remember the name, mm. it was Gus. Yeah, Gus, Gus yeah. yeah. Frings or something like that, yeah. yeah. I thought, it just crap, it just made me think of like memories, man. Like when you went to Hawaii mm. and then you got us all <laughs> strip set. Oh, yeah, I get the blame for that, don't I? Yeah. yeah it literally yeah, yeah. was like we're going through passing controls. Like, yeah, you need to go over there. I was like, all right. And then one by one, each of us were getting pulled off. We're getting in different directions and... as well. I was yeah, like, what's what going yeah. on? This is do you remember the waiting room? We were just full of us brothers. We're all sitting there like, yeah. bro, you as Stick well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another brother there, another brother there, another brother there. Do you remember that? And the silly questions are asking you, have you ever been involved in terrorism? No. Have you, are you involved in any terrorist activity? No. Did, and they keep asking, yeah, go on. Did they try and check you're a medical student for real? They were asking me questions about what do you want to do? And at that time, I wanted to do pediatrics. And they were like, why? And I was like, this is like, odd. this is really odd. Is this like Interview the first question. day or something? <laughs> yeah, I was a bit like, I thought it was like, I'm genuinely interested in me. What's going on here? It was just yeah, really yeah, strange. Yeah, you can interview to a 
stampedes. That's what's happening. <laughs> That's they, what had it was. To, they decided to outreach. You know what? I, I, to be fair, they can, they have been less threatening than some of the interview panels I faced. But yeah, it was so weird. So it made me think of that. But come on, you have to add to the bit with you because you were fed up at the end. You were, I like, oh, I was absolutely. Mate, was they were going through everything, every single page of everything. But even I had these snotty tissues, right? And then they pulled those no tissues from my pocket. No way. And I was like, no, don't go into that. Because I knew I had a particularly snotty one. They kind of looked at me suspiciously. <laughs> and the opener was like, big, big snot. I tried to warn you. And he kind of went, oh, God. <laughs> Put it away. <laughs> and then he goes, do you have some, what, $10,000 on you? So I was like, no. I'd have $10,000 on me if I had to. And I kind of made that standard, I wish. Yeah. And then he opened my suitcase. All the money came out. And I, yeah. damn it, I forgot I had all that money in there. Yeah. And then, it, I mean, it was far less than 10,000. It was a few thousand. But I was just a bit like, yeah, I don't know why I had all that money. Yeah, I think we were going between countries and I didn't bother yeah. exchanging money and all that kind of stuff as I had it. And they were like, and he literally pulled it out, put it all on and goes, so how much is that? I'm like, not 10,000. <laughs> is it? <laughs> and he walked away with it and I was like, you're going to give that back, right? I do need that money back. And then he was like counting it and then he came back and said, yeah, it's not. And then I was a bit offended, like, could have been. Uh, I remember <laughs> that point. it will be. Yeah. <laughs> at that point we were all pretty fed up at that point because we had been there hours the in ages. there yeah. yeah hours and hours we're just weighing around for like more questions and more things to be searched and more yeah. things to be looked at and books to be read through like, it really did yeah it really did because we were looking forward to it. i really did put a massive down on it we're lucky that mm. we ended up having such a good time in the end we spent mm. years eve on the beach don't we in hawaii and that yeah. was really cool waikiki but, beach and all that yeah, yeah but that we weren't going to be there for long so we had a real risk of just really ruining it i don't know if of those checks that they do where they just completely humiliate brown people like how many, <laughs> what is the kind of like pickup rate for picking up terrorists i just don't know like it just seems mate i told you about that time when i was going to go to the plane and then they said a oh, random check for Nima alaska and i went sorry my daughter she's like a baby and they're like yes sorry and then i had to pick up nemo oh. and i had to pat her no way and i was like <laughs> and I, you know what i've got to admit i was like you know what it's your first search welcome to the club there you go. This is what it takes to be a brown person traveling. She got that experience early. Anyway, discussion it's over. Discussion, discussion yeah. over. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> go get yourself some scrubs, people. Yeah, yeah. mate. And it's so good to have you back on. So Yeah, thanks for having me, man. That's a cool <laughs> Yeah, it's your podcast, mate. <laughs> so like, when are you going to be back? When do you think you... Uh... Mate, yeah, I'm always up for it. Just always falling asleep. That's the problem. Yeah, that's it. I'm so glad no, I caught you early today. Issues, man. Yeah, 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 I was about to fall asleep and you're like, what do I know? And well, I'm, like, yes, now, yeah, I'm yeah. just about awake. I'm just about awake. Let's do it. Yeah, fair enough. Let's do it. No, I'm up for it. I'm always up for it. Let's do it, man. Cool. Okay. Hi, dude. All Thank then. you so much Have for listening. Evening, yeah. Send us some wisdom, everyone. We don't know when they might hear some more from you again. So, <laughs> <laughs> Some wisdom. Yeah, Be yeah. kind to each other. Ah, no, no, I was talking about representation. So I think representation is very important for those who can promote it become the representation that you can be the best of your ability and appreciate representation once there and with that i will leave you oh, good night nice. goodbye have a good week <laughs> take care everyone bye bye